Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Chris and there's no Ben. He's just missing. <laughs> um, he's actually in Fiji. Um, he's having a good old time there. So decided to change things up. And this week we did a Facebook Live recording. Um, I thought it would be very easy to do so and export all to a nice little podcast for us all. But apparently it's not that easy. Um, so we had some tef- technical difficulties, uh, and during the pod, you'll just notice, um, that I'll be fading in and fading out. And that's because the actual video and audio cut out at certain times. So, um, try to edit it as best as we could, um, uh, do apologize for the format and for everything in between. Um, but this is the best that we could do on short notice, um, with just myself, um, and no Ben this week. So, um, good luck. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next week with the same format. And uh, here we go. Cheers. Um, but uh, hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. We are now up to episode 44, which is pretty cool. Um, we uh, Unfortunately, Ben's not here. We've explained it during the week, but he's out in uh, in Fiji at a wedding. So um, he thinks it's too cool to be drunk today instead of uh, being on the podcast. Ah, there we are. Thank you very much, Liam. Uh, one of the regulars on the pod. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, Ben's off doing his thing. Um, he may actually call. He is drunk. He just texted me. So uh, if he does actually come on board, I might um, see if we can get him on speaker and uh, and have a bit of a word to you guys. Um, otherwise, uh, he'll be back next week. Um, we'll likely be looking for a third to join the panel um, sometime in the near future. If not uh, this year, then definitely next uh, to avoid situations like this. Um, but you know, it's a new f- format and it's a new thing that we can do. So we are going to try different things. Um, as we said uh, for a long time this year, really this year is just all about um, finding out uh, what works and what doesn't um, with the podcast uh, and the Facebook page, etc., and then fine-tuning it for next year. So uh, thank you, everyone, who's the early initiator. Um, we're going to be uh, dropping into some different things today. So I'll go through um, scores and ranks for myself. I'll let uh, Ben do his next week. Um, not that he did much better. Um, we'll go through some bubble boys and uh, some ones to watch, of course. Um, the big one's going to be Fife, so I've done a real big breakdown of Nathan Fife and uh, what you can do with him now. Um, so I know that you've got uh, a couple of questions there already. So Liam Clark, thank you. Gaff versus Neil. So that will be uh, part of it. Um, I've actually broken down into the top 10 um, selections that you could look at for um, uh, Nathan Fife. Um, we'll also go through the Q&As. There is quite a few Q&As that we'll go through from both Facebook um, and Twitter. So uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, feel free to jump in with some live comments um, and I will actually respond to them live as well. Um, and I know that will obviously jumble the video a little bit. Um, it'll be pretty cool to get through. So uh, let's get started. So this week I scored an unfortunate uh, 2060. I did post about it um, in the on Twitter uh, and probably Facebook, I think, as well. Um, so it's probably it's actually my worst round of the year, which is really frustrating for me. Um, obviously not including the buy rounds there. Um, really terrible score. I pretty much got hit with everything. Um, he's sure with his 40 was just stupid. And now I'm really regretting it because in the week where my defenders really underperformed, a lot of defenders really performed. So if you have a look at say, uh, Jake Lloyd, who is obviously start of the season price similar, uh, or a Kate Simpson, who was slightly more expensive. Both of them went 130 plus. I don't have either of them. So, uh, he Shaw having a dud at 40 and then Tom McDonald having a dud 39 was bad, like really, really bad. Um, I felt that in- intensely. Um, I obviously had the Heaney um, uh, there as well. Luckily avoided um, the Fife captaincy. Um, so I didn't have uh, the captaincy on Fife. I actually had a, a VC of Parker that I took, which was 123. Um, thanks, Matt. Uh, Ken are there. So M Crouch for Fife. So I will touch base on that. I'm about to go. He, he's in my top 10 um, option trade-outs for Fife. So I'll... Um, I'll have a a look at that with you as well. Um, So, yeah, pretty much hit everything, every bad score. I also had uh, Devin Smith 52. Um, I traded in Jordan Degoe, and I did mention that I would let you guys know why I traded in Jordan Degoe, which in hindsight is not a great idea. But, uh, look, I suppose there's a a lot of season left to go. But 
Um, Tim Smith is ultimately the culprit. So I had a plan to trade out Guelphie. Um, so I've got Guelphie and Smith on my pine and I wanted to trade out Guelphie. Um, leave Tim, Tim Smith as my F7 essentially. Um, unfortunately, obviously with him being dropped, his job security, massive questions. Um, now Guelphie was also listed on as a Sunday, uh, Sunday squad player, which didn't help either. But essentially I decided to move on Tim Smith instead of uh, moving on Guelphie. And essentially what that meant was I didn't have enough cash to go to the players that I wanted. Uh, I would have been able to go to a Franklin or swing um, a McDonald forward and get in a Howe or a Hearn. Hearn would have been better. Again, another person that one of those speculative defenders that uh, went up to one, I think you got a 118 or 119. Uh, doesn't help me. Um, but yeah, those are the sort of guys that I would have liked to have had. Unfortunately, that restricted me to anyone under 450. Um, pretty much I had an option of Witherden um, and Degoe and a couple of other speculative picks. I think Wingard as well. Um, overall, I thought that uh, it was worth the punt. So I took a punt on him. Eh, it's not. It's probably not going to pay out. After being at the game and looking at his uh, his role, I don't think it changed at all. He was pretty much played out of the square um, or up on the half-forward flank and then had his little stints on the ball. Um, didn't really play on the ball. And that's probably largely due to the inner Braden Sire, who was fantastic on debut, but I'll go through that a little bit later. Uh, now, I'll just quickly go through Bubble Boys and the ones to watch to, before we get to the big five uh, scenario. Um, so there is uh, quite a few uh, ones to watch, but there's not really many Bubble Boys. There's only two Bubble Boys this week. Um, so it's Jacob Dawson, who is a 102K mid, of course. Um, he's got a break-even of negative 47. He was serviceable against the Pies. He's got okay job security. Um, I've got him in to literally sit on my last bench spot. I don't expect him to actually play. And if he doesn't, then that's okay because it's another loophole player that I've got. Um, I wouldn't really say that he's got amazing job security, but between him and Braden Ainsworth, who's the other bowler boy, also a mid for 117k, um, has a break-even negative 39. Um, I just don't like his job security. He had one game earlier in the season. But... Now, in terms of uh, one-to-watch targets, there's uh, there's a couple there, so I'll just go through them quickly. Um, there's actually some really, really decent ones. Unfortunately, all of the decent ones seem to be midfielders, um, apart from really the, um, uh, well, what's his name? Hold on one second while I pull this up. Um, Brad Lynch is a defender. Um, I'll go through them quickly. Just, uh, we've got Jack Trengrove, of course, he's probably the most well-known, 162k mid, scored 77 on debut and was, uh, largely playing out of the back pocket or half back flank. Um, so that's bodes well for his scoring. Um, we've also got Braden Sire, which I touched on earlier, 123k mid, um, scored an 83, looked very comfortable. Job security is a bit of an issue. Lots of pies coming back in the next couple of weeks. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if he does hold that position, but he did play very well in his first game. Um, also Quinton Narkel, um, uh, plays for Geelong, another 123k mid, uh, has a lot of X factor and he did look really good. Um, they trusted him with the last center bounce when they would needed to get that goal to uh, down to Harry Taylor or Harry Sprayler, I should say. Um, but very impressive with a 73 as well. Um, however, two, he had two goals on the night. So uh, whether he can maintain his scoring, they've also got Scott Selwood coming in this week. Um, I'm not sure whether or not he keeps his spot. Um, outside of that, uh, one's not really to take any notice of. James Rose, uh, 127k forward. Uh, he scored a 38. Just doesn't look up to the level. Um, looks like a classic Nefal player. Um, Derek Joyce, 123k defender for St Kilda. Did okay. Um, might be able to shore up his job security a little bit with um, Nathan Brown going down with another hamstring. Um, but that just could pave way for Logan Austin. Um, I don't really think he's very terribly super coach relevant scoring a 33, but just good to know. Um, yeah. Others include, uh, if it happens again, I might, uh, change laptops. I have two. Um, so I do apologize for that. Um, back into it. Um, so just looking at, uh, Brad Lynch and his job security, not really sure it's, it's all there. Um, just based on the fact that, um, they had Bally Williams forward. So I don't know if he was necessarily replacing Brad Lynch. So it could just be one to watch and maybe not trade in this week, but maybe next week. So just something to consider. Uh, Will Powell um, played all right, forward mid. I mean, you'd only get him in if you really wanted someone who'd got more flexibility. Um, so that's a that's a thing there. And then Harrison Petty, uh, 117K defender. He got a 37, but 
I mean, given Melbourne's under fire for their defence, I doubt whether he'll even hold his spot this week. Um, he would have to, if he does, he'd want to do a really good showing this week to see if that's going to stay. So um, just some things to consider there for some uh, rookies to watch. Uh, in all honesty, most people, of course, are probably not in the situation where they need downgrades at this stage. But if you're playing for league, you may want to grab some cash. Um, I, I think essentially everyone's really in the same boat with Fife. So that's probably the big one. Um, so what I've done is I've, I've put together a bit of a matrix to work out um, what is more important with Fife um, and who is the best trading targets. Now, I'm going to go... I've... I've omitting some obviously regular names that many people have covered already. So uh, people like Cripps, of course, um, Oliver, Dangerfield, Caniglia and Kelly. All those guys have been covered to death. Um, you know what you're going to get out of them. They're pretty solid contributors. Most people have a version of one of those guys Those guys in their teams. So it's not necessarily that important to, um, to cover them. Um, you know what you're going to get out of them. Um, I do think that they're all good ends. Um, and I, out of those guys, if you were asking me to pick up one guy that's going to take you forward, Josh Kelly, to me, is still probably going to average more than most of those guys. I'd anticipate him averaging 115 to 120 for the rest of the season. Um, I think he's just that good of a player. Um, some notable absentees, and I'll explain why I'm not going to cover these guys as well. Um, so uh, Pendlebury, Sidebottom, Ablett, Merritt, Wine, Zorko, Westhoff, Parker, and Bondapelli. All those guys are, again, that potentially could be good ins, but they've all got a bit of a question mark around them. So um, uh, Pendlebury, his role is questionable. So yes, Trelaw's gone. What does that mean for his role? I still think he's probably the first at this point um, that is going to, uh, let's say they need to tag a Crips or some or similar or a Bontempelli. That's going to be the job still of the, the big body bit of Pendlebury. He's going to probably sacrifice his game um, to enable someone like a side bottom to get off the chain. Um, Side bottom goes in and out of roles like it's going out of fashion, and the reason is he's just so flexible. So for me, that's um, a little bit too a question mark for me. I don't really like his scoring patterns because of it. Ablett, of course, for obvious reasons, injury concerns, is he going to pay the rest of the games? We just don't know. Merit's taggable, um, so great if you've got him cheap. Probably not worth it right now. Um, Wines, I'm not a massive fan of. He scores in patches, and he does this every year. He goes in these runs where he goes bang, 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 and then goes quiet for five weeks and scores your 80, 85. Um, not really for me. Um, Zorko, again, for the taggable factor, probably not for me. Um, Westhoff you can use as a forward, and I 100% recommend him as a forward. Um, I wouldn't have him in the mids, unless, of course, you're trying to cover, say, Heaney this week. You bring him in for five, and then you can transfer him um, next week. Uh, so you're playing in the fours this week, and then you use maybe a, a Hearn this week etc etc maybe then you can use someone like that as a f7 or m9 so um but i do like westhoff but just not as a midfielder as a selection there is others that can potentially average more um we've got parker of course and bondapelli so parker I've, I've had him for a long a, a large portion of the year and unfortunately um he's just playing too much forward even last week when he got his 123 most of his scoring was done in two quarters um the other two quarters he barely touched the ball i think got like 30 or 40 points in two quarters and the 80 or 85 in two others. So, and that's because he just floats in and floats out of games because of his role is either really high forward and the ball wasn't getting to him. It was really frustrating um, when he's on the ball and then moving forward and pinching forward. That's his ideal role for super coach. And he doesn't, he's not getting that enough at the moment. Um, and it's really frustrating. Bondapelli, same thing. Uh, again, he's going to be the, if they're having issues up forward, he's going to be the first one that they're going to move forward. So for me, it's just, it's, it's a difficult task to say, okay, I'm going to trust Bond to be the premium scorer for the next however many rounds. Um, so that's a tough one. Um, so that leaves me with the next top 10. So I actually have ranked these and I'll explain how I've ranked them. Um, so the, the other guys that I'm looking at, Kennedy, Ward, Gaff, Neil, Selwood, Higgins, Duncan, Adams, Crouch, and Beams, and in that order. Um, and I'll, work you, I'll, I'll explain how I've actually uh, worked that out. There's three items that I've looked at. So what their current scoring output is and what their current averaging over a three and five game mark is, um, how good their draw is moving forward, um, and uh, what are their scoring patterns, um, role changes, back end of the year scoring patterns, um, and that's basically a confidence vote. So how confident am I that they can continue to score the way that they're scoring um, based on their previous history or role changes? Um, so that's how I've actually worked that out. 
Um, number one uh, for me by far, it's not really by far, but by a clear point. I've then have, so I've given them a rating out of ten, sorry, and then I've divided that by three to give them the you know the, the best possible rating. Um, so Kennedy at the moment has a ten for current output. He's got a three round average of one hundred and twenty three point three. He's got a five round average of one hundred and sixteen point two. Uh, and he's been on an absolute heater for a, quite a long time. I think he bottomed out into 370K at one stage or similar, um, which is just insane the way that, that goes. Um, so, yeah, 10 for overall um, his current output. His draw coming up. So I think that Sydney actually have a fantastic draw, and I've given them a draw rating of 8 out of 10. Um, oh, <laughs> thanks, Foz. Um, so Foz just commented saying uh, that this is awesome. I don't need Ben anymore. And that's true. So if you're listening, Ben, if you are watching, I don't need Ben, you're right. <laughs> uh, thanks, Daniel. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, he just adds the you know, vulgar comments. He's basically Barry Ball anyway. Am I right or am I right? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, we love you, Ben. Um, anyway, um, so Sydney's upcoming draw. So they've got Geelong at home, North away, Gold Coast at home, Essendon away, uh, Collingwood at home, Melbourne away, uh, the Derby, and then Hawks at home. Um, all of those games are pretty favourable. Um, I'd say that the biggest uh, question mark is going to be north away if Jacobs is up because that they're likely going to be um, uh, tagging, I, I would say, Kenny. He's probably the number one. If I was tagging, I'd be tagging Kenny. He's so good at the moment. And Jacobs does do well against those big-bodied inside midfielders like a Crips. Um, so I'd be looking at that. Um, Geelong at home, I think, is favourable from this week. I think he might even be a decent vice-captain option. Usually they're going to go midfield against midfield and I back him to get, you know, 15 to 20 contested possessions um, and score really well. Gold Coast at home is a no-brainer, even though they are uh, tagging with Took Miller. I think that he can just ragdoll him. Um, Essendon away, Essendon don't tag, so that should be a good uh, favourable match for him. Collingwood at home, Collingwood don't tag, that should be fine. Uh, Melbourne away, um, Melbourne ha have been known to sometimes use taggers. But usually they just send a run through, so it's more like a Nathan Jones or a um, uh, Jack Viney or similar. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just I, 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 yeah. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. It's usually an in-game decision from Goodwin. Um, and then they've got the Derby, so anything can happen in the Derby. And then the Hawks at home um, again. They've got Daniel Howe um, if he plays. I still think that overall they're going to win most of those matches. And that gives them a draw rating of about 8 out of 10, which is actually the highest rating that I've given any draw for the rest of the year, um, based on the fact that Sydney are absolutely killing it. Um, and I expect that trend to continue, especially at home. Um, yeah, Sydney do have lots of... Thanks, Carl. Yeah, Sydney have lots of early games and coming home. Um, so they are. it is good to loophole Kenny. So it's another um, thing that you can do, especially this week, I think. I feel with this week, if you're not going to loophole Kennedy, you really got to uh, go straight for the Gorn VC. And that leaves you with the very limited options for your captaincy. So um, I think this week would be a great opportunity to jump in with the Kennedy VC. Uh, now, I'm just going to go through um, his uh, previous scoring patterns um, and in terms of confidence of the player to continue this scoring. Um, so the first things first. The start of this year, and this is a bit of a weird one. So everyone's saying, oh, yes, um, Kennedy, uh, the start of the year, he actually didn't play that well. He um, is averaging better in losses than wins. And that's true. He actually is averaging uh, 112.5 in losses and 85.3 in wins this year. Now, that's not a true reflection of, of Kenny as a player. And the reason for that is he was definitely injured at the start of the season, barely did a preseason at all, was basically running the week of the first JLT um, and had a, a postseason surgery. Last season, uh, at the end of the season, he was playing through injury. So the back end of last year, where from round 16 to the end of the year, he averaged 92. I think he only played uh, five of those games, um, and he averaged 92 in the back half of the year. Now, that's because he was actually playing through injury. So uh, ignore that stat if you like, or take it on board. Um, the year before, in the same amount of games, so um, from round 16 onwards, he averaged 122.6 in the last eight games, which is just huge. And it looks like he's going to be continuing that trend now looks very fully fit and back to the Kennedy that we know. Um, in terms of my confidence for him to do it, I've given him a rating of 6 out of 10. So do I think that he can get 120 over the next however long? 6 out of 10 chance. Um, I think that it's more likely he's probably a, 110, a 110 to a 115 player, um, but I still think that puts him as the number one. I don't think there's going to be others in this bracket of players that are going to be able to push 120 average over the next few rounds. 
uh, but we'll see. So that's um, that gives him an overall uh, rating of eight out of ten um, in terms of the trading targets. Um, now, in the number one unique target, he is currently in seven percent of teams, and I anticipate him to go up. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, the number one unique target is actually Callum Ward. Um, so I love Callum Ward, and again, he's someone that definitely loves scoring uh, good in patches, but particularly late in seasons. So right now, Ward is has a three-game average of 120.7 and a five-game average of 118.2, which is insane. Um, I've put his current output rating as a 10. Um, also, his uh, draw, it's favorable, but not as favorable. I'll tell you, this, this is why I think that he can do better. And I think that GWS are on a good run, that they've won four in a row, and that ref is reflective in his scores. They need to win to get into the finals, and I do believe that they will be a finals team. So for me, I think that their draw is actually a lot friendlier than you might think. Their draw is uh, West Coast away, so it's, that's not a, a great game, but West Coast are traveling terribly at the moment. So I, I do anticipate Ward to have a good game this week. Um, they've got Richmond at home. That's a bad game for them. Port Adelaide away, 50-50. St Kilda at home, Carlton away, great games for them. Adelaide at home, contested game. Uh, they've got the home ground advantage, but it's not entirely in their favour. Then they've got the Derby against Sydney, and then they've got Melbourne away. So I think that that's a 6 out of 10 draw. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. Um, but I, I am definitely interested to see um, if, um, if he can maintain that over the, the coming weeks. Um, just in terms of um, past seasons, so his last two seasons in the last, from round 16 to round 22, um, he's actually averaged, uh, last season it was 108.75, and the year before was a flat 100. Um, so he does have um, some scoring uh, history there in terms of going into the back end of the season, scoring really well. Um, I also think that um, he is not really swayed by wins and losses, uh, but he does have an overall average of 99 in losses and 104 in wins. Um, for me, I think he definitely, with his uh, track season, if you believe that GWS will continue to win, uh, then I would say Ward is, is going to be a key cog in that, and he's going to average you 110 to 120, somewhere in that realm over the next eight weeks. Um, I think he's a great option. He's only in 2% of sides, and if I was looking for a unique, that's the one I would go. That's just my opinion. Um, Fozzie just said here, uh, he's definitely going five to JPK. Cool. Excellent. I'm definitely doing the same. Um, I was thinking Higgins, but JPK has a higher ceiling and hundred percent. He has, I think he's hit the 150 twice this year, uh, 140 once. Um, he has had patches where he'll average 130 for six, seven rounds. Um, he can definitely do it. There's no question about it. Uh, and it's, he's hard to stop because he's an absolute bull. One thing I love about it is he doesn't need to kick goals to score well. A lot of other midfielders around his ilk do, um, and he's more like a Crips in that mold where he doesn't, he just relies on the contested possessions, and that is really, really good. Um, Stonesy's coming in something. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, um, now on to the next one. So I think the third overall pick uh, is Gaff. Um, so Gaff has been absolutely fantastic. He's got a, a three-round average of 110.7 and a five-round average of 110.4. So consistency is crazy there. So that's uh, that's really awesome. Um, I'll put his current output rating as an eight, um, but he's and he's got a draw rating of six. So he's got GWS at home, Collingwood away, um, Dogs home, North away at Blundstone. So that's going to be a difficult one. Then they've got the Derby, Port Adelaide at, uh, away, uh, Melbourne at home, and then Lions away in the final round. So um, probably doesn't... Um, <laughs> Uh, doesn't help much in terms of uh, your league rankings, but it definitely will still help in terms of overall scoring. Um, in terms, he doesn't. Here's the issue with Gaff, and the, the one reason why I'm a little bit tentative with him. Um, and in fact, Gaff uh, is a three-way tie at the moment in terms of rating with Neil and Selwood. But the thing that the Gaff doesn't have going for him is he's got no history of doing this. So it, last season was uh, uh, sorry, uh, 2016 was 81.75. And last year, no, sorry, I lied. 99.25 was uh, last year and 81.75 the year before. Um, so he doesn't really have season consistency with the back end of his year. Um, he doesn't, uh, he does average a slightly more in terms of wins or losses. So this year he's averaged 110.3 in wins and 106 in losses. That may impact them because I do feel that uh, West Coast are on the way down. I'm not even sure that they'll make finals at this stage. They're literally that bad. Oh, hey, Benny Boy's joined the party. 
Um, hello, Ben. <laughs> um, that's Ben, by the way, in case you're wondering in the comments. Um, now, just having a look here, we've got, uh, oh, yep, Stanley's in the building. Welcome, welcome, Marky. Um, Scott Selwood in could hurt JPK this week. Yes and no. It depends on what role they see him as. Uh, do they put him straight as a tagger? Um, I don't know. Um, with the midfield setup that they have, I don't really think there's room for a tagger, but anything could happen. Um, they've got, you know, if you have a look at it on the surface, you've got uh, Duncan, um, Selwood, Ablett, Dangerfield, uh, who else? Uh, Tim Kelly, etc. The list goes on in terms of Quinton Narkle, who's probably dropped this week for Selwood. So where does he play? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I don't think he tags round one. If he does, then that could impact him. Um, so it's definitely one to note. I'll be watching with eager eyes in the opening bounce. Um, should Ben field Sicily this week? Uh, I think he should. <laughs> he can uh, answer that himself, I'm sure. Um, getting into uh, further on. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm not really sure with Gaff in terms of the confidence of, of him doing it again. However, his consistency this year has been good. So I'm going to give him a 7 for confidence rating to maintain his scoring. Um, and that gives him an overall of 7. He's in 7% of sides, so he's as unique as JPK um, and as unique as well as the next guy, which is uh, Lockie Neal. Um, so, uh, oh, he's just... I don't even know how this works, but he's now commenting as me. That wasn't me. <laughs> um, uh, Lockie Neal. So um, I think he'll probably be everyone's second favorite trading target this week. Um, I'm not entirely sold on it, and I'll just go through. He is. A, he does have a three-round average of 127.3 and a five-round of 112, which is good. Um, he's got a. I've given that a current output of 10 in terms of scoring pattern. He's got a terrible draw, and that's the biggest thing about him. How is he going to go in losses? Because I don't think that without Fife, I think they, and without Sandy, especially knee, knee weeks, they're going to struggle to win games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Coming up Melbourne away, I think that Melbourne might turn a corner this week and smash Frio. If that's the case, I wouldn't be putting any money on um, on Monday. Oh, sorry, Monday. Uh, Neil to score well. Uh, they then have Port at home, who are on fire. And again, they Port should run over the top of them. Essen again on fire at the moment. They should run over the top of Frio. Hawks at home, that might be um, a winnable game. Uh, the Derby, anything can happen in the Derby. Um, Carlton at home, which should be a win. Geelong away, terrible game for them. And then Collingwood at home, that's a 50-50 game because they will probably lose. Um, however, they probably won't tag them. So interesting. Um, I, I've given him an overall draw rating of 3 out of 10. So I just don't have any faith in the fact that their draw is going to uh, allow him to score more. Um, without Sandy and without Fife is going to be an issue as well. Um, and the problem is there's just really not too much statistical data to back up both of them being out of the team and uh, him being there with a rookie Ruckman, which is essentially what they're going to play. Um, in the last two years, though, he has had some decent seasons. So in the last, uh, from round 16 to round 23, has averaged 100.4 and then 111.5 in 2016. Um, so that's the year where Fife was out for pretty much the entire year. He did average quite a lot in that um, that, that time period. Um, past two years without Fife, um, he averaged 115 in 2016 without Fife, um, which was good, but they did have Sandy, so that's a, a factor there. Um, and there's only two other games since that he hasn't had Fife to um, to be with, um, and he had a, one, a 102. Uh, sorry, he averaged 102 over those two games. So... Again, there's not really enough statistical data to say this is what we should be doing. Um, his win-loss uh, record at the moment, he's averaging 110 in wins and 107 in losses, so definitely less. Uh, but is that enough to impact? Not sure. Do I think that he can average 120 of them over the remaining games? Definitely not. Um, I think that he can average you a solid 105 to 110 over that period. Um, and it's going to be an option. I just don't think he's the best option. I think JPK is the clear best option. Um, I've given him an overall rating of seven, uh, so tied third in my ratings. Um, next on that list is Selwood. So, I mean, what else is he going to say about Selwood? Um, the, the, he's just got crazy consistency about him. Three round average of 107.7, five round average of 107.6. Okay. Um, he's pretty much going to give you what he's going to give you. Uh, I've given him an eight current output rating. Um, his draws are six with Sydney away, Adelaide away. Melbourne home, Lions home, Richmond away, Hawks away, 
Frio at home and Gold Coast at home. Um, last two seasons, last year he averaged 9.6 in that run home, uh, 109 the previous year. Um, so fairly you know, in the ballpark there. Um, he also averages 104.25 in wins this year and 112.8 in losses. Um, so again, someone who will stand up even if they have a hard draw. So I like Selwood as a factor. The biggest unknown is, of course, how the Geelong uh, line up from week to week. Um, the good thing is with Geelong, at least Selwood has been fairly consistent this year even without anything else. So I'd probably bank him to continue that same. Again, probably averaging between 105 to 110 over the remaining games. That's why I've given him an overall rating of seven. Um, Higgins is my next. Um, so I do like Higgins. Um, this is what I'll say about Higgins. I think Higgins overall is the Hail Mary. If you're looking at a Hail Mary situation, you need someone that has the outside chance of you know, being the best midfielder for the next eight weeks. He's it. He's the Hail Mary. Um, if you're going for overall scoring and you're fairly high, I wouldn't be looking at Higgins at all as a, as a point of difference. I just don't see that as a as a viable option. He's just too risky moving forward, and I'll explain why. Um, just got a couple of questions here as well. Should I bring in, so this is from Ben, should I bring Shuey and Bank 200K? Uh, thanks in advance. Uh, no, um, but I don't mind Shuey as your M9. So if, that's, if your plan is to bring in Shuey and have him uh, for this week, maybe while um, Heaney's out and you can field another premium, um, that's great. And if you can somehow arrange that, um, I don't think that there is another alternative, unfortunately. Uh, Shuey would probably average you somewhere between 95 to 105, which is okay, but it's not premium scoring. And you're going from a midfielder like Fife who averaged 125, and you want the next best. So I wouldn't I'd say that that's a good idea. Um, Fife to Danger instead of Selwood. Um, so if you don't have Danger... I would say get danger because I think that regardless of what happens, he's probably going to average you 115 over the coming weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, so I would say he's, he would be, in my opinion, more reliable than Kennedy for scoring. Um, I already have danger. And I think most people that um, would probably have danger. Um, but yeah, I think that danger is a, a no brainer. And he's, I think that he's the also one that can really hurt you. If Geelong get into a position where they need to win finals, Guess who's starting in the midfield every single week? Dangerfield, 100%. So, yeah, that's what I would do. Um, so, Ben's not... So, Shui's not... Yeah, so, um, back to uh, Sean Higgins. Um, so, look, yeah, as I said, it's a bit of a, bit of a Hail Mary uh, pass, but let's have a look at his stats. I mean, I rate him as a 10 for his current output. So, he's uh, got a 119.7 uh, three-round average and a 115.65 round average. Um, his draw I've rated as a six. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of chances for him to be tagged. So even though there might be 50-50 games or games they might win, there's a lot of taggers that could go to Higgins. And I feel he is one that can get shut down. Um, so you've got Gold Coast at home. So that's a Tuke Miller special. Sydney at home. Uh, that's a Georgie Hewitt special. Collingwood's a good game. They won't get tagged there. Um, Eagles at home. Uh, Hutchings potential. Um, Lions away, that's Jared Berrytown. Um, then you've got uh, Dogs at home, that should be okay. Adelaide away should be okay. And then Saints at home, which, who have steel. So um, I've only really given him a 6 out of 10 for his uh, draw coming up. Um, and the biggest one for me, really, is that he's never really done this over an extended period of time. Don't get me wrong, he's had patches of you know 120 averaging um, times. He generally always falls off a cliff, whether it be injury or form or fitness or whatever it might be. Um, last year, he only managed to average 95 in the last eight-game stretch. Um, the year before, he was completely injured and played one game and got a 58. Um, not really relevant. Um, in terms of wins and losses, he does average at the moment 105.6 in wins and 104.6 in losses. So that's not really going to impact him moving forward. It's really whether or not he's uh, going to be able to avoid the tag. Um, and whether or not he's going to be able to maintain his form. Now, it would just be a very new thing for him to be able to do that. Not saying he can't. I mean, everyone has their year. It's just Higgins had so many chances at doing it. And for me, I'm just not sold on putting my super coach um, lifeline into the hands of Higgins. Um, I'd rather just go somewhere else. So again, if it's if it's risk-reward you're after, Higgins is your perfect pick. But um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get on to Duncan.
So uh, three round average of 103.3, five round average of 113.8, um, giving him an output rating of seven, in my opinion. Um, I've also got the same draw as I said of Selwood. Um, the thing is, he's got history doing this, Duncan. So I really like him. <laughs> Fozzie says uh, Queensland internet. <laughs> it's true. We actually only got the internet like a year ago. So <laughs> I'm actually literally sitting right next to the router. So I couldn't be in a better position, but it is through Wi-Fi. So that also could be an issue. Um, so just in uh, last year, uh, Mitch Duncan, uh, over the same period of games, averaged 120.3. So he's got history doing this. Um, the year before was 87. So he had his breakout year last year. So can't really say if the year before really would impact um, or be a determining factor in my decision to get in this year. Um, he averages 108.75 in wins and 105.25 in losses. Again, the unknown factor is the Geelong midfield and, and what that means moving forward. Um, you know, what Scott Selwood does to their midfield group. Um, are, are, do they start losing and then completely change their mid setup? Um, it'll be interesting to see over the coming weeks, but for that reason, it's just a real unknown factor. So I've only given him a six in my confidence rating, uh, which gives him an overall score of 6.33 and, uh, and the uh, overall rank of seven. Um, the next three are value selections. So guys that I believe have potential to average high, um, but uh, they, act, they come with a, a word of warning. Um, my next pick, and I do believe that these next two are similar in ranking, but um, Adams is my next pick. So Adams has got a three-round average of 102.7 and a five-round average of 101.8, um, which gives me a current output rating of five. Uh, however, their draw is pretty good. So Essendon away, West Coast at home should be two games where they should score well. Um, North at home, I doubt he's the one getting tagged. Um, Richmond away is a hard game. Sydney away is a hard game. Uh, Lions at home, uh, Port at home, and then Frio away. So they've got some very winnable games there um, overall in Supercoach land, the Pies, um, especially in the current form that they're in. The big factor is, of course, Trelaw and what that does. Um, I noticed, especially last week, that they were definitely looking at going to Adams a lot more, and I think that he's the one that could benefit the most from the Collingwood midfield in terms of output moving forward for the next eight games. Um, he is quick, so he's got that uh, quick turn of pace. He is uh, good by foot if he's not pressured. Otherwise, he's terrible by foot. Um, so I think that he could definitely be one that um, gets a lot more mid-minutes and is relied upon more in the midfield. Um, I've given their draw rating again a six. Um, but uh, last year, he did, in the same period of games, average 115.25, and that was without Pendlebury. So another main cog in the midfield um, steps out. He stepped up, and that seems to be the pattern here that I'm seeing with scoring. So... Um, I would definitely say um, that Taylor Adams could be, again, it might be a Hail Mary, um, and it definitely is going to free up cash because I think he's below 500K. Um, the year before that, he did average 98 over those last games. So he's got the potential of going anywhere between, realistically, anywhere between 98 to 120. That's that's the, the region I see him in. Um, in wins and losses, it doesn't really tell a picture this year because of the role changes that is the most important factor. Um, 88.5 in wins and 88.66 in losses. So he's basically the same in wins and losses. Um, I really think that the is that if you think that Collingwood are going to win games and tr he's going to get the trawler time, I think that he's a great pick. Um, and so I'll put him in at number eight. He also frees up cash. And um, if you're looking at um, five to one of these guys, it could potentially get you a Dustin Martin to someone else. So you might get in an Adams and potentially a, uh, a Ward or similar or a, I'm probably going to go JPK and Crouch, and that's my next one. So, um, so Crouch, Matty Crouch, um, I was massive on him in the preseason. If you actually do follow um, any of our preseason podcasts, our very first podcast was on Adelaide. I probably spent 10 minutes just going on about how awesome Matt Crouch is. I selected him as my first pick at number five. Uh, sorry, it's, sorry, seven, I think it was, um, in my draft league this year. Uh, I really rate him, and I think that he's great. I think that the he's been injured, of course, and the uh, uh, the miss of the having Sloan not in the team really impacts his scoring. So uh, it's pretty evident. However, I'm not exactly confident that um, Sloan can remain in the park really for the rest of the year. So that that's going to be the issue. Is that if Sloan remains, then great, fantastic. We've got a, a, a crouch that can maybe average 120 over the next uh, um, eight rounds. We'll just have to have a look.
Uh, 96.3 is his three round average. 99.0 is his five round average. So that gives him an output rating to me of five. Um, their draw is not great, uh, but Adelaide have to win. But let me just go through it. Richmond away this week, Geelong at home, Lions away, Melbourne at home, the Derby, GWS away, North at home, and then Carlton away. Um, I've given that a draw rating of four. I don't love their draw. It's going to be really, really tough. Um, uh, so, yeah, that that's an issue. Um, going for him, though, his last season, so in the same period of games last year, he averaged 123.6, which is amazing. Year before was 99.88. Can't really take too much into that, considering, of course, that he did have his breakout year last year. But, um, yeah, he's got, definitely got the runs on the board for me. Um, his wins and losses, 99.75 in wins and 94.33 in losses. So, again, if you think that they're going to average more because they're going to be winning more, um, that's definitely consideration. Um, no Sloan. Um, in terms of uh, when they've ha- it's only happened, I think, in uh, uh, this year. So this year when there's been no Sloan, it's been 97.5. There's really not enough data of him scoring well without Sloan to say that it's definitely that issue. It could just be he's just out of form and, and maybe he's winning back into form. Um, so it's, it's all considerable. I've put a confidence rating of him to be able to do that as a six, which gives him an overall output, um, overall number of five um, and gives him ninth on my list. So um, I do like Crouch as a pick. I just think that Adams might... And they're both really worrying. The thing about Adams versus Crouch is that they're both relying on other things to maintain their scoring output. Um, so it's they're both risky picks. I, I'm looking at them as more of a Martin replacement as opposed to a Fife replacement. So that's just some information. Um, Beams is the last one on the list. Um, he's got a, an a, a 88.73 round average and a 105.5 round average. Um, so current output of six rating I've given him. Carlton at home, Hawks away, Adelaide at home, Geelong away, North at home, Collingwood away, the Derby, um, West Coast at home. Uh, tough, 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 tough draw for Brisbane. I uh, don't see them winning many, if any, of those games because they're Brisbane um, and they've got a draw rating of three. Um, the issue is, of course, um, there's only two games of the year and uh, of those two games, he's averaged 119, uh, but he averages 89.2 in losses. Uh, the Q&As. Um, so as I said, I mentioned earlier, um, so uh, JPK, uh, sorry, uh, um, I'll just go. I'm not going to go over a lot of five stuff. I'll just go through my selections based on what you're, asking about because a lot of people have said, you know, what do they want to do with Fife? Um, I have already given that list, but I will obviously say my preference. So Fozzie actually says um, he's looking at bringing, trading out Fife and Guelphie to bring in two mids. Um, and the two that he's looking at is, uh, so JPK versus Higgins versus Oliver, JPK, no brainer. Gaff versus Crouch versus Pendles, Gaff, easily. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, Daryl Lipson had a bit of a funny one on there if you want to check that out. Good banter by Daryl uh, and by Carl Shepard. So uh, those guys are always good for um, for banter, Daryl Lipson and Carl Shepard. Um, Daryl Baker says, is it worth holding five if you've got two trades left? Um, team completed and can cover Fritch uh, with Fritch from the forward bench through McLean. Asking for a friend. Um, I think you're asking for you. Um Possibly. Um, so let's say that uh, Fritch um, gets you an 80 average. Here's my issue with it. Um, a trade's worth 100 points. If you're going for overall scoring, then you've got to at least make that up. So you might be able to... <laughs> Sorry, Fossey Wolf. Uh, question and answer. Why are the Lions so bad and why are they going to lose to Carlton this week? Uh, well, the Lions are bad because they're absolutely terrible and run by now. Uh... <laughs> um, I think they're playing at home, aren't they? they and they're coming off a win? I don't know. They... They might give uh, Carlton a bit of a run for their money. Um, Carlton as bad as, as Brisbane. Ooh, that is tough. Anyway, uh, back to the question. So um, let's say Fritch over over this period averages 80. The person that you're bringing in might average you 110. So there's a 30 points per game um, average difference. The problem is it's going to be four to five weeks. So that's between 120 to 150 points that you're losing there. You have to be confident that Fife could make you back those points in the following four weeks or three weeks. Um, if it's over four weeks, he would have to then average, uh, what, 30, uh, well, close to 37 points per game, more than the person that you're bringing in to replace him. So I personally don't believe that that's possible. 
So I would say that if you're, um, even if you're playing for league, um, he's going to come back and and have a one or two games of getting back into things. He's not going to come back and hit the ground running and average you 125 in the last three weeks. That's probably not going to happen. He'd probably get you a 110 average over the, the last few games. So it's probably just worth getting rid of him and getting the trade in. So for my opinion, it's just, um, yeah, you've got to do it. Um, the only thing I would say that if you, if you could do is if you had a Shuey or you had a Rockcliffe or someone that could potentially average you around about 100, then the gain's not as high or the loss isn't as high. Um, so then you, it, I can see that potential there. Um, but outside of that, I wouldn't recommend it. Plus, there's every chance that, I mean, Heaney's out for this week, so we know that for sure. Um, there's every chance that, I mean, if you're not, I don't know if you can cover both of those. That may not have been something that you said at the time. Uh, but, um, you know, there's another chance that, you know, someone's laid out or something happens and then you don't have someone that's on your bench that can come in and take over that. I just, it just, it's just asking for trouble. Um, Carlton are a beast from Carl Shepard and, uh, well, Cripps is, Cripps is a beast. The most underrated player for me this year and I uh, hate every time I see him. I literally watch Carlton now just to make sure or just to see if Cripps will have a bad game. That's, that's, that's when you know you're really, really dying in Supercoach. Um, can you do the next <laughs> live show without a shirt? Asking for a mate. <laughs> oh, you don't want it. You don't want it. I used to be good looking at one stage. Ben's probably the better one to ask. He's a personal trainer, actually. So um, that's what he does. And he's, the reason why he's at uni is he's also trying to do um, PE teaching. So uh, good on Ben trying to help out the, the kids. Um, <laughs> take donations. I'll start up a Twitch account and we'll just have everything on a donation spam. We actually have thought about doing something like Twitch or something like that, but it's just not feasible with, uh, you know, people generally listen to us on their way to work or their way home from work. It just doesn't work in, in other situations. So um, anyway, uh, so Jake Barry is, uh, <laughs> he's, I think he's more bantering with his mate there. Is Tyler Cohen really as bad as Supercoach as we all think? <laughs> Good one. Um, interesting, your wisdom. This is from Jay Kerala. Option A, trading that fight to another average. Uh, high, high averaging uh, midfielder. He said that's boring. Option B, turn Nat Fife into, and Ed, uh, into Ed Phillips and Matt Crouch. Oh, sorry. Ed, uh, Nat Fife and Ed Phillips into Matt Crouch and Luke Shuey. Then use Rocky Shuey M9. Lupong scores each week. Uh, two trades to do that. Probably not worth it. Um, I, I, you know, it depends on how many trades you have, to be honest. Um, I have to look at that. Um, uh, option B is the one we're coming close to winning it. Uh, whereas option A still probably finished with the top 1K. Um, no, uh, the re the thing is that out of Shuey and Rockcliffe, I don't think any of them have really got 130 plus potential in the first year, whereas someone like Kennedy does. And if they get a 140, if he gets a 140 or 150, you're screwed that week because that could be a week that both of them don't fire and then you're stuck with a 90. Um, uh, I don't think that that's, a, that's the not wise, especially if you're going for overall. Save your trade. It could save you a donut down the track, um, and that could be another 110 points easily if you don't have to field a donut. So, um, yeah, Jay Corella, I would say that, unfortunately, the boring way is the way that you got to go with it. Um, five to Kelly, uh, yes, done. Or five to Crouch or Pendles, nah. Uh, and Fritch to Westhoff, yes, definitely. That was from Grant Robson. Uh, Luke Kilner, rope or shotgun to the head. <laughs> I like rope because it's cheaper, and if you're gonna go out, yeah, I, I, I don't have a, I don't have a shotgun to be able to use. <laughs> so, um, you know, then I have to apply for a license. That's gonna take a while. I mean, you know, there's all these things that are gonna happen. Um, I would probably just go rope. <laughs> Good one. Uh, thanks, Luke. Um, Jack Evans ranked 851, so very well done. Predominantly playing for league, especially our insider bonus league. So well done, buddy. Um, he'd like to finish top 10, top thousand. I would definitely like to do that too. Uh, obvious question is five. One trade sideways, sideways to Crips, as I have Danger Titch, Kennedy, Canigo. Um, or two trades um, and trade five to Matt Crouch um, and get me enough to go Golds in the Grundy. Wow. Okay. So that's interesting. It would have been interesting if you had Nick Nat and be able to do that. And the reason is there's so much of a disparity between Nick Nat and Grundy at the moment that having Grundy is such an advantage. Um, Goldstein's actually going really well. Um I'm not sure you would want to risk that trading to Grundy and then Grundy starts averaging 110 and Goldie continues to average 120. 
Uh, that could backfire. Um, I don't mind. All right, guys. So the next, uh, we're just going to move over to Twitter now. Um, and the next question was uh, by John Hines, um, who's asked us, uh, will you guys watch the NBA next season after Boogie signs for the Warriors? Um, uh, I'm a, I'm a classic LeBron tragic. So, um, yeah, I'll, I probably will watch the NBA. Um, I will probably be watching and supporting the Lakers next year. And it's, it's a bit weird. Like I find that, um, uh, it is a little bit weird than just following a single player instead of being a passionate about a club. Um, but, um, in different different sports, I'm, I I follow them differently. So, um, really passionate about Collingwood, of course, um, and Liverpool. Um, massive Liverpool fan. Um, but there are sports where I just follow the individuals um, and then follow them. Um, so it's a little bit different. Um, I, 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 I no, the whole NBA thing is a little bit odd. Um, I mean, the thing with um, Boogie Cousins is he's he's definitely injured anyway. So. He's not going to be back playing and probably not playing well until at least January, February next year. So um, good for the Warriors. Um, good for Boogie. Uh, is it good for the league? Um, up in the air about it. But um, yeah. um, I was just speaking about um, different sports teams. Uh, love of Liverpool. I'm sort of waffling at this point. Um, and Broncos is the other team that I very passionately support as well. Um, I like the A-League. Um, I follow probably similar with the A-League and... Um, the NBA in that I haven't actually settled on a team yet to follow. Um, so I was following City for uh, Melbourne City for a while because Cahill and I'm a, a massive, like a, the Socceroos are like massive for me. Um, and even though he played for Everton for so many years and I know that I shouldn't, I still love the guy like immensely. So, um, so yeah, I was following them. And when I moved to Melbourne, I was living in Melbourne for a year and I went to a lot of City games. Um, one thing I'll say though is that victory they have the atmosphere that should be at A-League games or they should be at any soccer games generally. Um, so for me, um, it's, you know, I, I was always tossing up whether I should just be a, a victory fan or a city fan. Um, and then uh, move back to Brisbane and the raw here, but they suck. Um, so, you know, uh, let's uh, see what happens in the future with that. Um, Seeker. So super Seeker, super coach, um, great guy. Um, so we, well, obviously, you know, so Fife is out for four to five. So it's a trade regardless of if you play for league or for um, uh, overall, in my opinion, because even when he comes back, he probably I don't think he probably matches the output of someone else that you could have there. Um, Kane White says, is that my natural hair color? Actually, it is, yeah. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I've been gray since I was 16. I've been dying it a lot. Um, so I started getting gray when I was 16 years old. And over time, by the age of 25, 26, it was mostly gray, but I was literally dying it every two to three weeks just to cover up the grays. Um, and it's only been the last three months that I thought I'm 33. Like, why not? This is color at all. Like get rid of it. So uh, this is my natural color and um, I get asked it all the time now. Um, I don't know. It seems it's good because it's called it sort of in vogue at the moment. A lot of people are dying at this, this color. So um, it's a bit weird because people don't think that it's real, um, but it is, um, it's completely natural. Um, yeah, it's weird. I know, but it is. Um, Cool. Um, so he's just gone through and asked for a luxury. Uh, is it worth a luxury trade to Dusty? Uh, if you've got the trades, yes. And you ha- I think he has the trades. I'm definitely... Uh, are you missing my IT skills? Yes, I am. I, well, the, the issue is that my uh, laptop is a potato. Um, I believe that, that could be the issue. Um, so yes, if I have a potato computer, um, that is going to happen. I have a, a Surface laptop and I have a... Uh, a HP laptop and both of them are probably two or three years old. So um, definitely an upgrade in that department, which is actually happening in the next four weeks. But um, yeah, actually, if someone wants to really help me out with um, suggestions for laptops, um, looking at say 1500 to 2000, we want something that we can uh, podcast on. Um, I also want something I can potentially Twitch stream on. So if you're in the IT now and you um, can get some suggestions, um, looking at something that can uh, do both really well. Um, Chris the Silver Fox, uh, my friends from high school call me the Silver Fox, so that's that's pretty common. Um, and my other nickname is, uh, I've got three, I've got Cheswick, um, that's from a TV show called Ed, um, and uh, Teddy. So when I was younger, I used to drink a lot of Tui's Extra Dry. 
Uh, so Ben and the boys call me Teddy. So um, if you ever get, if you hear Ben call me Teddy, that's that's what that's from. Um, all right, now so Dylan says, um, will we see an AFL club recruit Thon Maker after his serious Van Dam fly kick abilities? That was hilarious, um, but no, that won't happen. I don't think so. But I mean, you know, if, if, if it's good enough for Mason Cox, it's good enough for Thon Maker. I mean. The thing is that he probably he's probably the in terms of getting paid he probably gets paid more than Gary Ablett right now he probably gets paid more than the highest than Lance Franklin so why would he want to play AFL he's he's made mate he's not going to come back here no way um, uh, he also says uh, why do the Supercoach gods hate us uh, her name VC on Gorn um, he's definitely in a gas station motion yeah that sucked for a lot of people not for me um, so that was that was good for me actually. Um, is if Fife is out for three to four weeks, is Billings a realistic replacement before Fife comes back in discounted? Uh, no. Uh, again, I don't think the, the trade-off's just not there um, to make that. That was from Sam Kent. Um, if you think that uh, Billings could average you 100 or 110, yes, I think he's probably more on the 90 mark, um, in which case it's just not worth it. Um, how many weeks for Filipino players? <laughs> All right. Um, Look, it was a funny moment in sport, but also it was pretty disgusting from the Filipino guys. Um, what's even worse is that the keyboard warriors from the Filipino um, guys, like commenting on everything, um, just being absolute trash, and the Bogan Aussies just like giving it to them. And they don't know like if who's being serious at this point because the Bogan Aussies could just be like trying to roll them up and troll them, or they could just be serious and just stupid. Or you've got these Filipino guys that are just like talking in capital letters like, we hate your country, never come back, and blah, oh, it's just weird. Anyway, uh, what to do with Dusty? If you can afford to trade him, trade him. Uh, I probably can't, but I'm probably going to do it anyway. Um, don't. Uh, I'm probably going to go to Crouch and leave myself with one trade for the rest of the year and just fly the gauntlet, to be completely honest. Um, I think that if I don't trade Crouch this week, He'll be too far out if he goes big again next week. And I won't be able to afford him cash-wise. I've literally, if I go Dusty to Fife and Fife, sorry, um, Dusty to Crouch and Fife down to JPK, I will literally have like 5K left in the bank. So I'm screwed. Um, so, but, you know, what do you do? Like, can't do anything else. Um, was he just commented to say, Filipinians or Filipinos um, on NBA pages are the funniest. <laughs> they, they definitely are. It's um, it's it's the same as the, on any of the EPL pages, or um, I think it's probably the actual fantasy Premier League one as well. Um, I think that the first comment always with the most likes is, "Oh, where's the African guy that knows everything about the Premier League?" Um, and look, I'm probably that guy. Where's the Australian guy that knows everything about the Premier League too? But I just find it a little bit funny um, that there's always someone that has to just take it too far. Uh, anyway. Um, so, uh, blah, uh, that was from Geordie Cook. Um, Nick Wilson is the last question. So, should Fife be traded? Uh, and if so, out to who? Um, he's looking out of Pendles, Kelly, Kennedy, Neil, or someone else. So, Kennedy is the one there. Um, and that, my friends, is the end of the Q&A. So, unless the happy people that are watching currently have any further questions, um, I'd be happy to go through that. Um, outside of that, I, I hope you enjoyed this one. I know that there was five different notifications that probably came through, um, stupid amounts of videos. Uh, it will be condensed into a nice little audio format, hopefully. Um, I'm hoping I didn't lose any video in audio content, so maybe you guys get the sneak peek into um, what we we're looking at. Um, but we'll obviously attempt to uh, get back on board next week. Hopefully, Ben, if I think he's probably still there. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. I am invincible, unbreakable.